You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello, my fellow traveler, and welcome to another episode of Travel Talk Weekly. This is show number 63, original air date, December 22nd, 2020. And that means it's already Christmas week. What a completely crazy and very fast-moving year and slow-moving at the same time. Uh, Crazy is one way to describe it. I'll tell you, I'm already looking forward to 2021 so that 2020 is in the past. Because you do know that hindsight is twenty twenty. Ooh, very clever. <laughs> I'm so ready for this year to be over. I think mentally just being in a different year is going gonna, is gonna to help a lot of people. Yeah. I've seen that meme go around, though, where people are like, you know what? Just quietly go into 2021, everybody. Let's not get too crazy like we did at the beginning of 2020. So we're just going to slide in. Hope, hopefully you'll join us in that. <laughs> I've also seen the one that says, be careful. Because next year, 2020 turns 21. Just wait till they start drinking. I know. (laughs) That's such a flip side. (laughs) First up in travel news. For over 15 years, I was part of the college football bowl system. First, for many years, I was on the team selection committee for the Outback Bowl down here in Tampa. And after that, for several years, I was on the board of directors for the St. Petersburg Bowl. Most people probably recognize the Outback Bowl name. If you don't recognize the St. Pete Bowl, it's because they've changed their name a lot, and I couldn't even tell you what the name is this year. Right. But moving on. The college bowl games are a very popular reason that many people travel during the Christmas season. It was unbelievable how much revenue that each game would bring to that particular city. And I know more about that economic impact than most people. Plus, it would give people a really fun reason to travel during the holidays. I mean, we're right here on the beach. And so it would be so fun to see those teams from the Midwest, like the Big Ten. You have Iowa come down. And they loved just being in the sun and all of their fans. So the Bulls definitely are a fun opportunity for people to travel. But of course, this year, it is quite different. In another mind-boggling turn of events, California's loss is Texas's gain. California lost an event that has been an institution that started over 100 years ago. The granddaddy of them all when it comes to college football, the Rose Bowl will not be played in Pasadena this year. Instead, it's moving to Texas. And so are a lot of companies. I know. Hello, Elon Musk. Anyway, so this year's teams are Alabama and Notre Dame. This game has not been played outside of Pasadena since 1942. I mean, think about that. World War II. And the reason the game was moved back then, it was out of fear of an attack by the Japanese on the west coast of the U.S. Now, this is a very recent move. According to reports on Saturday, the Tournament of Roses had asked state health officials to allow 400 to 500 spectators in the 95,000-seat stadium, which includes more than 50 suites. So you could literally divide those 500 people up equally among the 50 suites, and you wouldn't even have people in the stands. On Friday, Notre Dame head football coach Brian Kelly told reporters he wasn't sure if his team would play in the playoffs if families couldn't be there. Kelly supported moving the semifinal at the Rose Bowl to a different location. And I'm sure that wasn't going over so well. I just I just don't get it because the 
the Rose Bowl committee and tournament roses, they went to the state and two times they were denied. And this means a lot of revenue, not just the memories for these football players. This is an event. I know it's mind boggling. I guarantee you the people that they were taking those requests to are still getting paychecks. I just can't wrap my head around that. I know how much revenue these games bring in and how many businesses rely on this event every year, not just the Rose Bowl. Every single bowl game has an amazing economic impact on that community. Plus, every bowl game has some connection to at least one or more charities. And now those charities are not going to get that money this year. Yeah, it is quite the ripple effect and not one that we were hoping for for this year. Which brings us to one of the biggest questions that we have gotten recently, which is which destinations are going to require me to provide a negative COVID test before I travel? And really, that comes down to two categories, which U.S. states or which countries outside of the United States. Another concern is quarantines. Again, this is based on the two things we just mentioned a minute ago, states and countries. Some northern states require a quarantine when returning from our state, Florida. Some don't. And then you have some islands. Actually, it's most of the islands in the Caribbean that will require the test. And I don't think, I think there's just one that doesn't at this time. But that is why Cancun, Mexico or Cabo, pretty much anywhere you can fly into for Mexico is a great place for many people to choose to visit right now. You have the same Caribbean climate as a lot of the islands in that area without the hassle of a COVID test. And then with the dates that you have to have it, how many hours before you take the test and you show up. Again, so much travel math, and we've talked about this before, that it can make the travel very, very stressful. This is not really a discussion about should a test be required. It is really just the facts. And every one of those islands, they have the opportunity to make those rules, which is totally fine. When it comes to planning your vacation, you need to know, though, what those requirements are before you go and buy that plane ticket. We've traveled to Cancun twice since July, and it was awesome. If a country in the Caribbean wants me to take a test before coming to their island, not going to happen. I don't want to go take the test, and maybe I already have my plans to go, but now I have to take the test and have the results 72 hours before my arrival. And to me, it's so much easier to fly direct on JetBlue from Tampa to Cancun, and then I've got you know, 30, 40, 50 choices of all-inclusive resorts that I don't have to go through the hassle of a test. Because the last thing you want is to all of a sudden be like, oh, now I can't travel. And we have actually had some honeymooners who were going down to Jamaica where they didn't submit the the paperwork the perfect proper way, even though they were advised, but it is very confusing. And so the husband got approved the day of the wedding, the day before they're supposed to fly out. And the new wife, she had not yet gotten hers. And so that to me is just super stressful to plan a trip and then hope that you can go. And if you're all good with this and you're willing to know that there's that additional risk, then, hey, that opens up some of the places that you may comfortably want to travel if you want to get to the Caribbean. And that's really why you want to be working with a travel agent, because like you really want to be worried about a COVID test on your wedding day. It's a pretty stressful day already. Yeah, right? <laughs> Did you hear about the girl just recently that got arrested for breaking her quarantine in the Cayman Islands? She was a college student, I think from Georgia, who was going down to see her boyfriend who was doing a jet ski competition in the Caymans. You know, she went down and said, okay, you need to quarantine for 14 days. If, if she's not willing to play by their rules, then she should 
should not have gone down. I don't know if they had a brazel on her wrist or, you know, on her ankle or something, but she slipped out of it, went and, you know, went to the competition. So not only did they arrest her, they gave her four months in jail. And of course, they gave her a COVID test and she tested negative. So she didn't even have, you know, the virus. They wanted to make an example out of her. Yeah, they definitely were making an example out of her. No, before you go. And to help you with this, we actually have come up with a free list of all of the links to the Caribbean islands of Mexico, the tourism boards, to help you know what those requirements are. And so all you need to do is hop on over to report.traveltalkweekly.com. And you can go ahead and just, you know, fill in the information and we will send that to you. The great news is all those links go directly to the individual sites for each country. So they will be up to date. So we hope that helps you with your planning. However, Definitely work with a travel advisor who is staying on top of these things because they are changing all the time. I mean, Hawaii, even one of the islands in Hawaii has now gone back to some new thing. And yeah, things are just so different. Yeah, the UK is completely shut down again. Nobody can get in. Nobody can get out. Kind of like jail. So as we wrap up the year, one of the fun parts for us is putting up our Christmas tree and pulling out all of our awesome ornaments. Not all of them. because That's a lot. <laughs> but for us, we like to fill our tree with some special ornaments that remind us of our travels, our friends, our childhood, special moments. And we have very eclectic tree. And so these eclectic <laughs> it is. And it's because we have all these like, great memories. We don't have like the tree with like the that looks like it's out of the designer showcase. Definitely not. I still have an ornament that my mom gave me probably 50 years ago. The stocking, the Christmas stocking, is one that my grandma made by hand with sequins and design. It's really cool. And she made that, I think, in 1971. And I've used it every single year since. And some of my favorite ornaments are the ones that we get when we go to a destination. Like one off the top of my head is one that we got for Vero Beach. We'd stopped in to the Disney Resort there. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, and we got one. And it's, you know, it's just those little things when we see it, it's like, oh. And that's what makes putting the tree up or walking by it and just looking at those so fun for us. We don't do this for every destination, but we do have quite a few, however, which is maybe one of the reasons that sometimes we have our tree up until April. Could be. Because then it becomes an Easter tree. <laughs> <laughs> we do have travel reminders of places we've visited all around our house. And each year you also put together some kind of a photo gift that usually has pictures from one or more places that we've been to that year. I know our entry foyer has, you know, little picture collages from all our different years of being together. But I know you have not had the time this year to do it yet, so I can wait. <laughs> you have had to wait on a few of them. Yeah, you owe me but one I from two years ago. No, I don't. I do not. I do not owe you any from two years ago at all. I'm been, totally up was, to speed. Maybe last year? Nope. Nope. You got that one. Okay, but we didn't put them together. No, you don't need to put them together. You just need to hang them. Okay. <laughs> not that hard. We find that travel souvenirs are a great way to remember those special moments of your trip. And that's what we're talking about this week for our main topic, travel souvenirs. Do you get them? And if so, what do you get? And I think if travel souvenirs are kind of new to you, we have some really cool ideas for every budget. And I mean every budget. Even if you're a five-year-old. Absolutely. We have a budget for that. Yep. As long as you have a small allowance. Every budget. And this is something we started doing probably without even giving it much thought. Because I remember back in 2006, we started going to the Renaissance Festival over here in Tampa. And even though it was only a day trip, and every year until this year, because uh, it happens in March, we would either get like a ceramic mug or a shot glass as the souvenir. And it would have uh, the logo for the Renaissance Festival. And these are all handmade, you can tell, because each, each one is completely different, even if it's the same year. It would have the year stamped on it. 
I mean, it was a tradition that hopefully we can pick back up next year. All of those little ceramic mugs and shot glasses still sit in a case in our living room, which has gotten quite packed. We may need to come up with a, a new one as we move no, forward. It's full. We have two sitting on top right <laughs> yeah, now. Right? It's, it's completely full. So a souvenir is a really fun way to remember a trip, no matter how long or short it is. And when we would go on a cruise, we always got something, whether it is a, a hat or a t-shirt or a magnet specific to that cruise ship. We would do that as well. And as Disney pass holders, we have collected a ton of magnets for being annual pass holders that are on our fridge right now. But we also expanded that a little bit to some of the Disney resorts. We did. And we have so many Disney magic bands. When we checked in last week, the cast member at the front desk told us, um, you have two and a half pages of them. And that, those are the ones he could see on his computer because each one has a, a line on it. I think he's like, well... I'm about halfway through my first page. So he was like blown away by how many we had. <laughs> but they are a, a souvenir from a trip. Now, there really is, though, when it comes to souvenirs, something you can do for every budget. And I like the idea of making something that's a kind of a tradition, even if the tradition is let's make sure we get a souvenir. But if you have some consistency, sometimes it can make it a little more fun. It could be something as simple as a postcard from wherever you're going. I mean, those can be really, really inexpensive. Or it can be something super elaborate, like that really nice piece of art or a sculpture or something really fancy. And it's interesting that you know you say postcards. Nowadays, you can take a picture on your phone and send that and have someone print it and put a frame, you know, virtual frame or logo, something around that. And that can be your souvenir. I remember way back in the day when people collected matchbooks from different destinations, usually from a hotel or something like that. Although I will say that is a lot harder these days because you don't really see matches laying around anymore. Nope, you do not. But a good friend of ours, he sent a couple of them from the early 70s, from when he was a kid, from Disney's Fort Wilderness Campgrounds. And I took a couple pictures and put them up online. People are like, oh my gosh, I remember that. You know, so it brings back memories. And even though it wasn't their particular trip, when I posted the picture of the matchbooks, it brought back memories for other people. That's one of the things that's so fun about souvenirs is they do become talking pieces, especially if you display them around your house. So the idea of having a souvenir tradition works whether you're a single traveler, a couple, or a family but it always gives you that one thing you're going to make sure you do on every single trip. So it's just that one consistent item you can collect anywhere in the world. So we'll start with some low budget ideas or no budget ideas and kind of work our way up. A fun one, and this we learned from my sister-in-law, Gina, is if you love traveling to beach destinations, is to bring some little like glass vials or even Ziploc bags and bring back some sand from that particular beach. Then when you get home, you have a container and you, and you can label the sand on the container. So it's fun to see how different the sand is from all over the world. Yeah, I know her container that she had in her home was really cool because it was just like you'd have Hawaii where it's like blacker sand. You have like where we're at in the Gulf. So it's like whiter. You have California. It's just a little more tan, a little more coarse. But that's like a free thing you can do. I will say, make sure, depending upon which country you're going to, know if there's any limitations, and you'll know this on the custom forms for bringing back any of those kinds of things into the country. But yeah, the best part about this one is it's free. Yes, it is. Also, a magnet from your destination is another popular souvenir. And these are really inexpensive. And the best part, they're small and weigh pretty much nothing. We started collecting these when we would go to a new Disney resort. Plus, as I mentioned earlier, anytime we went on a different cruise ship, not just the cruise line, but a different cruise ship, we would get a magnet specific to that ship. And even destinations, you can display them on your fridge or on a custom piece of metal that you have framed for maybe a larger wall hanging. If you have a big, like a whiteboard or chalkboard size piece of metal you want to hang on the wall, just fill it with magnets. Yeah, no, that could be, I think, really, really fun. 
Another fun idea is to collect a different picture frame from the destinations you visit. This is really fun if you're again back into that having an eclectic display in your home. So maybe this is perfect for the family that does like one trip a year. So you frame in your special frame that one photo from the trip in a frame that you found on your trip. And these definitely would start taking up some room. That's why I say it's perfect if you have that one big trip a year. If you go to a large variety of places, it's really fun to see how different those frames can look and just represent whether it's a different country, a different island, a different city. This one I think is something that is really fun if you're into photos and you like having that eclectic look around your house. It's also really easy because a picture frame from any destination is going to be really inexpensive. And then you can just take a picture from your phone and have it printed and pop it right in. Plus you have t-shirts and hats. I remember getting hats on our first big trip together. It was an Alaskan cruise and we got a hat with one of the destinations on it. The destination escapes me, but I guarantee you it's in my closet somewhere. (laughs) Well, yeah, because what happened was you and I started collecting hats when we went to all these different destinations. But after a while, we realized we have too many hats. So we we stopped collecting hats. A holiday Christmas tree ornament is another fantastic souvenir. Like we mentioned before, It'll be fun at the end of the year to pull out all the destination ornaments you've picked up over the years. And plus, these are great to pass along to your kids, especially if you're doing the family vacations together. We know lots of people who travel to Disney and they have to get their Disney ornament every year. In fact, they have a whole shop over in Walt Disney World at Disney Springs that is just ornaments. And we still need to put up our Disney ornament for the year, too. We also have some good friends that follow us on Instagram that bought a a Disney Christmas ornament for us and even customized it by putting the year on it. So it also makes a good gift. It's a great gift. Not just a good souvenir, but a good gift. (laughs) I would agree. So we got an ornament from Disney, and we purposely made sure it did not have the year 2020 inscribed on it because I didn't want to hang it on the tree and then the tree falls over. Yeah. We we, don't know. We did not not want our souvenir ornament for the year to uh, have the date on it. Those are some good ideas for kind of your your low to mid budget. But if you're into more high end souvenirs, there's also a good chance that you're traveling to more international destinations because the more you travel, the more you start kind of refining things that you really, really are open to investing in. And so one of the things many people like to pick up for their souvenir are pieces of art. This can be anything like paintings, a sculpture, like a little statue figurine or something unique to the region, like an authentic sword from Spain, for example. A Chinese vase from the Ming Dynasty. Yeah, no, like when I was cleaning out my stuff that I got and my parents had gotten and they brought back a little souvenir for me, I have a little stamp with my name in Mandarin for Carrie. And I have a little ink thing that I've never opened. And so those are like great souvenirs. Artwork is really big, especially if you're into, you know, going to Paris and getting some authentic or some really nice art from over there because they have different artists. Different areas have different things you can check out. But the cruise ships are really, really big on this because they have art auctions on board. They even will give you a glass of champagne and hope that you will bid and purchase a piece of art or a painting. Or um, glasses, plural, which almost got us close to buying a few times. But thankfully, we never did buy one because we really do have enough stuff on our walls. And ironically enough, it's the same art auction company that is on all the major cruise lines. And so many of these pieces you would have shipped back because of the size, but art is really popular on the cruise ships. Sometimes things like china and glass 
are collectibles from regions. And I remember being in Venice several years ago, we met a couple on our cruise, and they had gone on an excursion and came back and were telling us about the hand-blown wine glass set they had just purchased for their souvenirs and had shipped home and how much they like to collect those types of unique items. And they were a pretty penny. I don't remember how much they paid, but I remember her telling me how much per glass. And I was like, wow, you must really like those. Yeah, they had gone to, I think, the island of Murano which, off of Venice, which is an excursion. They do the hand-blown glass demonstrations, and they do them for one reason only. So you will buy them. It worked in this case. It did. Another popular, and I would call this a temporary souvenir, and that is getting some regional wines from where you're traveling. We do still have a few bottles we picked up from our last trips to Italy, including a couple bottles from our honeymoon. Which reminds me, we probably need to drink that before it goes bad. Yeah, we need to check that out and make sure it's not past its prime. If not, it's just, it's a nice souvenir. Yeah, which means it'll be a permanent souvenir, not a temporary one, because we won't be drinking it. (laughs) Now, if you are going to get wine on your trip or any liquor, make sure you know the laws for bringing it back into your state. Some states will allow you to ship to your home, but some states like Utah, they do not allow it. And so that may not be the best souvenir to ship home if it's not allowed. You have to like figure out a workaround on that one. On the higher end, other very popular souvenirs are watches and jewelry. And if you've ever been on a cruise, you know exactly what we're talking about, especially when you get off the cruise ship and all of the diamonds places and watch places. Diamonds are us. Yeah. And you can also find these specialty items in a lot of major cities. I remember on one cruise, I bought a really nice Citizen Blue Angels watch. And that's something that I still wear to this day. I do love watches. Here's the key. If you're going to buy any, whether it's jewelry or watches, whatever it is, you definitely need to know your pricing before you make your purchase. And what I mean by that, you need to know the pricing before you go. The last thing you want to do is buy a watch or a necklace or any type of jewelry only to find out when you get home that you overpaid. There's a reason that there are tons of jewelry shops in every port of call. They want to get you when you're on your vacation high. I even have a friend who worked on ships that she was the shopping expert. And they are trained to help you find products to buy. Yeah. And that's interesting because they do know that you're on a vacation high. And I know a lot of us do this. You and I have done this. We're just like, you (laughs) know what? It's vacation. Just go for it. We'll splurge even though we have a budget before we go. How much do we have left on that credit card? On our last trip at the Cancun airport, I even looked at some Omega watches. And one of my other businesses is collecting and selling timepieces, which is a natural fit with travel. I mean, even right now, I have two of my watches for sale, a beautiful Ulysse Nardin and an Omega Speedmaster. Omega is the watch of choice for James Bond, going back to the movie GoldenEye with Pierce Brosnan. And even now, every James Bond movie with Daniel Craig, he's always wearing an Omega, usually a Seamaster. My inventory will change over time. And on a side note, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me because my inventory will change over time. Oh, I see what you did there. Okay, I didn't mean that. Yeah, okay, now I, oh yeah, see, how clever is that? You can see what is currently available at passporttotimepieces.com. The whole idea behind a souvenir is to have something you bring home to help you remember the awesome memories that you created while you were on your vacation. And when you start a souvenir tradition, it really does give you something fun to look forward to make sure that you do on your trip. I know you and I do this, whether it's, okay, we need to make sure we go get the magnet and then we'll spend some time looking, finding the perfect one. So even if it's a little small thing, it's something kind of fun to do. So imagine this though, if you're into jewelry, getting a new piece of jewelry on your vacation, and then every time you pull that out to wear it, it reminds you of the great trip you had. 
Disclaimer here. We go on way too many trips. You are not getting jewelry on every trip. I think we should change that. Why not? (laughs) I'll put it to the vote. I think I'm going to get people in my favor. Oh, great. (laughs) So you may start with a lower budget item, a postcard, a magnet, and then as your travel budgets grow... Maybe your souvenir budget does as well. So regardless, though, of what souvenir traditions you do, one of the best traditions that you can have that is also a souvenir is making sure that you not only take photos on your trip, I think we all do that, but actually print them out or put them in one of those electronic frame displays that you can have up and you can see when you're just going around your house or in your office so that you always remember why you travel and create those memories. I think it's really sad when people are taking so many photos or they're only doing selfies, they're not getting everybody in them, and then they do nothing with them. I mean, even just taking one good photo is a great souvenir to bring home. And talk about an excellent Christmas gift if you're buying a gift for someone that travels. That electronic picture frame, we've never had one. I didn't think about that. That is a fantastic gift because especially if you put it in a strategic place and just fill it with travel pictures, wow. What a way to get inspired. Here's a question I have for you. What are your favorite travel souvenirs? Head on over to Instagram and share your favorites with us. I think we'll share some of ours this week. I think we will. Yeah. And we hope you join us next week as we close out 2020 with our travel year in review. Another great reason to be following us on Instagram because coming in January, we are going to do 31 days of getaways where every day... We're going to share a new destination you may want to put on your must-do travel list. We'll be having a lot of fun with this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And it's not too late to plan your 2021 or 2022 vacation. There are lots of specials out there like kids travel free, free onboard credits, all-inclusive airfare specials, and so much more. And as travel starts picking up, we expect prices will also do the same. So please reach out to us or your Creating Magic Vacations travel agent who shared this show with you. Remember, the world is a book, and those who do not travel only read a page. And let's get back to the vacation in 2021.